show starts in three, two, one, go. Liberalism is back in style. Welcome to the evolution. Turns out there is a chance that trying to violently overthrow our democracy might be illegal. To paraphrase an idiot and his bloodthirsty mob, lock him up. I'm back, bitches! What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? He was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Awards and is one of the highest arbitrage now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. I know words. I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham I Told You We Should Be On Five Days a Week show, and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in bravado, A-S-H-A-M as in Marilardo, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. Now, I have several locations on the web, but the only one you need is DougBasham.com because when you go there at the top, you'll see the show's logo. Under that logo, you'll find a link to email me as well as a link to this station. You will also find all the links to all my social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok. You don't have to go to all these individual sites and try and find the show. The links on my website will take you right there. Also, we are broadcasting live on those social media sites as well. And YouTube will be the primary site on which we'll be archiving these shows. Just go to my website, again, DougBasham.com, click on the YouTube link, and when you get to my YouTube site, click on the link that says Live. That will take you to the archives. Now, that same live link is also the link you click on when you're waiting to see a live broadcast or join one that's already in progress, which would mean you're late and I will be expecting a note. Couple things to clear up from yesterday. Firstly, my sincere and humblest apologies to those who were still on hold waiting to talk on the air that I didn't get to, specifically Mark, Brian, and Gary. That was my fault. I started taking calls too late. I lost track of time and thought I had more time at the end than I did. It was all me. So please call back. I promise I won't do that to you again. And once more, I offer my apologies along with my solemn pledge to be, to do better, to, to be better. And not only that, in the words of our former first wench, be best. And the photo I'm now holding up is a photoshopped one of Melania Trump and Hunter Biden. Gotta love that creativity, don't you? And speaking of Hunter, you've heard about the incident involving Marjorie Trader Trash Eight Toes Green at a recent Hunter Biden hearing, whereupon she held up photos of Hunter Biden's Johnson. Here's Democratic Congressman Robert Garcia. But today's hearing is like most of the majority's investigations and hearings. A lot of allegations, zero proof, no receipts, but apparently some dick pics. Classy broad, that MTG. And apparently, after that hearing, Green grabbed her notes and photos, literally ran back to her office, and when her staff caught up with her, they found the door locked. 
They knocked only to hear Green shout, go away, leave me alone, I'm busy. And, you know, you can say what you will about Hunter Biden, but I got to tell you, he must have calf muscles like Wolverine from lugging that bastard around. Seriously, that thing looks heavier than Thor's hammer. And speaking of Melania, I have a couple stories you may not have heard. When the Obamas welcomed the Trumps to the White House after the 2016 Putin-Comey election, a courtesy, by the way, the classless Trumps did not extend to the Bidens, it was reported that both Obama and Trump went to the White House barbershop, whereupon they were both treated to shaves. When the barber finished shaving Trump, he reached for the aftershave. Trump said, no thanks, my wife Melania will smell that and think I've been to a brothel. When he was finished shaving Obama, the barber said, how about you, Mr. Obama, aftershave? And Obama replied, go ahead, my wife doesn't know what the inside of a brothel smells like. Melania was once asked by a close friend what her perfect breakfast would be. She said she'd be sitting at the kitchen table with her gourmet coffee. She's on the cover of Business Week. Her son is on the cover of the Wheaties box. And her husband is on the front of the milk carton. Once Melania was looking through one of Trump's doors, drawers, <laughs> drawers, and she found three golf balls and $2,000. Cash! When the carrot-colored clown got home that night, she asked him why these were hidden in his drawer. Trump told her, every time I cheated on you, I put a golf ball in the drawer. And Melania thought for a brief moment, that is her span after all. And she decided, well, three times in 18 years wasn't that bad. So then she asked him what the $2,000 was. Trump said, every time I got to a dozen balls, I sold them. Which reminds me, you know what LeBron James and Melania Trump have in common? They both made their fortunes by playing with orange balls. One day, Melania was having a conversation with then-Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. She told him she had bought Trump a parrot for his birthday. She told him, this bird is so smart, Donald has already taught him how to say 100 words. To which Tillerson replied, that's impressive. But you do realize he just speaks the words. He has no idea what they mean. And Melania said, that's okay. Neither does the parrot. <laughs> At one time, many years ago, Trump and Melania participated in a sex survey. Oh, yeah. Even the mainstream media didn't report this one. The next day, Trump received a call from the researcher. He said to Trump, in response to the question on frequency of intercourse, you answered once monthly. Melania, however, answered several times a night, to which Trump replied, that's right, and that's how it's going to stay until our mortgage is paid off. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you'd like to talk on the radio later, as in somewhere in the second hour, maybe, that's 702-221-SAVE, as in Save Our Democracy, which will always be the driving force behind every show we do. Donald Trump is an authoritarian dictator wannabe who tried to steal an election. He had even admitted to his then chief of staff, Mark Meadows, that he had lost. And in 2024 and beyond, he wants to finish the job he started during the four years he stained the White House. He must not be allowed to do so, and I don't believe he will be allowed to. Yesterday, I tried to express how frustrating my hiatus from the airwaves had been and how I sat at home literally biting my tongue over not being able to comment on all that was transpiring with no one else listening except my dog. And I started by going back to Trump's first indictment in Manhattan on March the 30th for campaign finance crimes by way of falsifying business records. I made the case this was an important case because the reason Trump did it was to engage in what he accuses everyone else of doing to him. He was trying to rig the election in his favor. And I want to share a bit of a secret with you guys, namely a quandary in which I find myself. Even though I was off the air, I still kept watching the news and recording sound clips. 
but I was off for so long, I ended up with this voluminous cache of clips that's almost impossible to scan quickly when you're trying to find one. And that was aside from my old cache of clips saved over years of recording. And that's more extensive than my newest one. Long story short, here's one clip I missed from my old cache that I would have and should have played yesterday when I was debunking all the Manhattan hush money lies. Just happened to stumble on it last night when I wasn't even looking for it, as is so often the case. In fact, I'd even forgotten that I even had it. But it's a gem, and I assume one that Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg has in his repertoire. It was the time that Trump's then-lawyer Rudy Giuliani admitted on Fox Noise that the hush money had indeed been paid through Trump's law firm, a.k.a. Michael Cohen, and that Trump had in turn repaid Cohen. And this was back when Fox was trashing Stormy Daniels and lying about what they knew to be true, namely that Trump raw-dogged a porn star and then paid her to keep quiet. And you have to listen to how Fox's Sean Hasn't Any responded when Rudy made that admission. It's obvious Sean was expecting a denial or a defense and instead received a confession. Having, having, having something to do with paying some Stormy Daniels woman 130000 I mean, which is going to turn out to be perfectly legal. That money was not campaign money. Sorry, I'm giving you a fact now that you don't know. It's not campaign money. No campaign finance violation. So they funneled it through the law firm. Funneled through the law firm, and the president repaid it. Oh, I didn't know he did. Yeah, There's no campaign finance law. Zero. Now, did you catch that? Rudy says Trump paid the law firm, again, a.k.a. Michael Cohen back, which I told you yesterday. I also told you we have the canceled checks. And Hannity first pauses, shocked by that admission, and then Weekly says, oh, uh, I, I didn't know that he did, and quickly recovers to try and portray Trump as innocent and says, but no campaign finance law, right? And the best part, prior to that, in his admission, Rudy makes this big hairy deal over his assertion that the hush money wasn't paid for with campaign money, not realizing he's admitting that the hush money was paid. But he thinks, oh, I got him because I'm going to tell him that it wasn't paid for with campaign money. In fact, he said, quote, sorry, but I'm giving you a fact now that you don't know, but that money wasn't paid for with campaign money. The inference being no campaign finance violation, which, again, as I said yesterday, is a lie. I pointed out yesterday correctly, you can violate campaign finance laws without ever touching campaign money. And I'm not even a lawyer. I just know how to do research. Rudy is an attorney, and he should know. But would we really be surprised if he didn't? So I don't know if Rudy knew he was lying or he was just ignorant and didn't know he was lying. He was stupid enough to not realize he was making a confession on TV, but either way, he was lying, and I told you the truth. You're welcome. Now, Trump has a habit of paying larger, I'm sorry, Trump has a habit of paying legal-related things with campaign money that he grifts from the rubes, dupes, and suckers in his base, so I'd actually be surprised if he did not pay the hush money with the Rubes campaign money. But again, it doesn't matter if he did or didn't. Enough said on that. Today, I want to move from that first indictment on March 30th to Thursday, June the 8th, exactly two short months ago today. That was Trump's second indictment and the first of two from special counsel Jack Smith. And I got to tell you, I damn near bit my tongue clear off that day, as well as in the days and weeks that followed, when I couldn't comment on the literal, literal plethora of lies that were being spewed, again, except to my dog. And trust me, he's not that interested. In fact, next to you brain-dead Trump humpers, my dog is the one who's benefiting the most from me being back on the air. You know, I purchased a video online for $14.99 that said it would teach you how to test your dog's IQ. 
I played the video, and all it said was, if you spent $14.99 on this video, your dog is smarter than you. And he's not just a smart dog. He's a good dog, too. Brings me the newspaper every morning. And what's neat about that is I don't subscribe to any of them. Another thing I like about him, he's very chill. Okay, he's downright lazy. He doesn't chase cars. He sits on the curb and takes down license plate numbers. And not that long ago, a gal I had dated for a while, she lost her dog, with whom she was extraordinarily close. So I tried to cheer her up by getting her an identical one. I mean, identical that just made her more upset. She screamed at me and said, what am I supposed to do with two dead dogs? And you know what you call a dog with no legs? Doesn't matter what you call him. He won't come anyway. You know what you get when you cross a rabbit and a pit bull? Just the pit bull. And you know what dog has five legs? A pit bull returning from a playground. And by the way, I'm also a cat lover, and I personally believe that cats are much smarter than dogs. For example, you ever seen eight cats pulling a sled through the, the snow in sub-zero temperatures? Hell no! They sit inside the warm house, look out the window, and laugh at the dogs. But back to the documents indictment, and you know, it has occurred to me if you, uh, if you are asked how your trial is coming, and you have to respond by saying which one, Chances are pretty good you're a criminal who belongs in jail. Just saying. In any event, the definitive, irrefutable debunking and correcting of those lies begins today. And as the decomposing jackass Old Lantern himself once said, Right here and right now. On that day of July 8th, the biggest news story in all of our lifetimes broke, whereupon America's feral shouting meatball, whom I have routinely and accurately called a traitor for literally years now, was indicted for essentially being just that. And again, just like with his Manhattan indictment, he wasn't indicted by Alvin Bragg. This time, Trump wasn't indicted by special counsel Jack Smith and certainly not Joe Biden, but rather by another jury of Trump's peers, Democrats and Republicans alike, because they decided there was compelling evidence Trump committed crimes. On that day, Donald Trump became the first ex-president in our nation's history to be indicted on federal criminal charges, 37 of them to be specific, which brought his grand total at that point to 71, Manhattan 34, Florida 37, 71 total, which then rose to 74 with Smith's superseding indictment and three more charges in the documents case. It then increased to 78 after his four charges in the indictment last Tuesday for his role in trying to overturn the 2020 election. That's for all you folks at home keeping score. 78 criminal charges. 78! And this is a guy millions of ignorant idiots want to lead this country again? And just for the record, not that this will happen, it won't. But it's nice to dream, yes? If Trump were to be convicted on all counts thus far, which he most certainly deserves, and if he were given the maximum sentence for each one, he would be looking at 641 years in prison. 641! That ain't decades, folks. We're talking centuries in prison which to me almost sounds equitable. And he needs to be kept in that cell for all time. Even after he dies, no funeral, just kept in that cell. The prison could emulate the NFL and retire that particular jail cell. They could hang a jersey with the number 45 on it. And every person who decides to run for president should be forced to visit that cell and view his decomposing, rotting corpse as a reminder of what happens to those who try and destroy our democratic republic. Word. And real quick, before we get back to Trump and his theft of government documents, listen to what MSNBC's chief legal analyst Ari Melber said 
after Trump received his third indictment for his role in the 2020 election to destroy our democracy. Ari was asked how this indictment was different from the other two, but near the end of his response, he delivered a gem. He is on trial, a trial that will be set soon in, in the date for it, for overthrowing the government that he was in custody of today. This is different because of that reason. Second, it's the only time he's been indicted for conduct as president. So those other uh, cases, while perhaps important, are actually not about what he did in office. They're yeah. about in classified docs, obviously what he did after office, running and trying to abuse powers he no longer had, allegedly, uh, and New York business. Third, and most importantly, and I think this is the big one and everybody knows it. Yeah. He's not trying to run out the clock in New York the same way. I mean, they, they did some shenanigans, but yeah. there's a world where he's convicted in New York, Alex, and he's not convi- uh, sent to jail or prison if it were longer sentence. But, and so he tells his supporters it wasn't that big a deal. It's kind of like a slap on the wrist and life really does go on in a way. I'm not re- minimizing that, but functionally, this is different. He could stand trial before the general election. He could be convicted. He's legally presumed innocent tonight. But if convicted, that appeal could go to D.C. Circuit, which is a very serious uh, court. It's considered in a way kind of the second only the Supreme Court uh, compared to all the appeals courts. They could give a serious kind of what we might call nonpartisan ruling upholding the conviction. And then the Supreme Court has to decide with all of the problems they have, do they really want to come in and overturn something or do they leave it? And by the way, I just want to be clear with viewers, if they get that conviction and they leave it, meaning they don't take the case, He goes to prison that week. Oh, be still, my palpitating heart. Don't get my hopes up, Ari. But yeah, folks, this is the big one. And the one that should ensure Donald Trump dies in prison. And how sweet would it be? How sweet if the government tried that Trump tried to overthrow and is running again to subvert, pervert, and destroy, ends up tossing his orange-wrinkled ass in jail before the election. That would be karma come full circle. Right now, Donald Trump is an ill-fitting suit full of chickens coming home to roost. But conversely, Trump being thrown in prison would also be an important gauge, in fact, the gauge as to how many people in this country should not only be denied the right to vote, but also the right to procreate. And for anyone who would still vote for this orange canker if he were thrown in prison, somewhere near you, there is a tree working tirelessly to produce oxygen for you. You owe it an apology. And while we're on the topic of Trump supporting losers, a quote-unquote woman by the name of Ursilia Campbell was taken into custody over the weekend after going on rants at both a Starbucks and a Target store in Denver, Colorado. Add to that, I mean, get this, she is a white woman who showed up in blackface. And when the clerk asked her why, she gave some incoherent answer wherein she name-dropped NBC News anchor Lester Holt. And the last voice you'll hear in this clip is from the Target employee this complete whack job was addressing. You're literally doing blackface. Yeah, me later. In the middle yeah. of the store. Lester Holt did whiteface. Nobody said sh-. Where's your pride section? I need to know. Oh, I thought they were celebrating this and they took our flag forever. No, I was wrong. My bad. I don't shop at Target. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Where's your pride section? I need to know. And after all that, this Colorado Karen says, I don't shop at Target. So why were you in there? And in case you're wondering why I labeled this lunatic a Trump supporter, from there, she meandered over to Starbucks. This was the rant she delivered there. And remember, this is a white woman dressed in blackface. Hey, Facebook. I'm looking for a job today. I'm at Starbucks. I never treat myself to Starbucks since the post office got rid of me. Trump is coming. I'm showing my titties. Uh, Wish me luck. I'm going to the post office for a job. They will never recognize my picture now. Have a good day. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> Typical dumbass Trump-supporting shrew stuck on the down escalator of life. She's standing there in blackface, says she hasn't been able to afford Starbucks since the post office got rid of her, and, and I just can't imagine why they let her go. Apparently, prior to that, she was fired from a dollar store. She couldn't remember the prices. And then out of nowhere, she says, Trump is coming, followed by, I'm showing my titties. This is exactly the kind of dead-ender who'd show up two or three days in advance to listen to Trump lie at one of his pandemic rallies. It was also reported this wench, wench once walked into a hospital, told the doctor everywhere she touched on her body hurt. The doctor told her, ma'am, you have a broken finger. I don't think this broad ever even went to school. Why? Because here in America, we shoot the ones who go to school. And I'll tell you, the only reason a quote-unquote woman like this could get a man is because sheep can't cook. But back to the stolen documents case, and let me add this. First, back in 2021, a West Virginia woman, Elizabeth Shirley, was sentenced to eight years in prison for retaining one single National Security Agency record. Just one. Just don't call her Shirley. And don't call me Shirley. And stop calling me Shirley. And don't call me Shirley. Airplane. And here's the tangerine infestation himself. Charging a former president of the United States under the Espionage Act of 1917 espionage me espionage yeah you espionage and no you absolutely unequivocally did not do everything right as we will begin to prove today now to be precise trump wasn't charged with espionage per se but many of the charges fell under a section of the espionage act now Personally, to me, that is a difference without a distinction. But if it helps you Trumpers sleep easier and maintain your cult-like devotion to a traitor, knock yourselves out. Trump continued. I had every right to have these documents, personal belongings and boxes. I had absolute right to have them. You heard him. Trump is trying and lying that what he took were his personal belongings. Give me a break. The documents Trump stole included information on our defense and weapons capabilities, as well as other foreign countries, U.S. nuclear programs, U.S. vulnerabilities to potential military attacks, and plans for possible retaliation in response to foreign attacks. Personal records, my lily-white privileged Caucasian ass. Make America great? More like make America god-awful. Donald Trump is the poster child for America in decline. He is Rome burning in human form. Add to that, as well as being the biggest pathological liar, Trump is also the most unbearable man-child and insufferable little crybaby to ever rise to high office. Here he is proving it again. Hillary Clinton broke the law and she didn't get indicted. Joe Biden broke the law, and in many other ways we're finding out, and so far has not gotten indicted. I did everything right, and they indicted me. I did everything right, and they indicted me. What a snot-nosed, full-diapered, sniveling little baby. He single-handedly redefines the term persecution complex while his brain-dead base has the unmitigated gall to call others snowflakes. Seriously, the chasm between Trumpism and reality is mammoth. At least we now know why the majority of Republicans wouldn't vote to convict Trump after his two impeachments. They believe in carrying a baby to full term. And just on Friday, Trump asked the Supreme Court to quote-unquote intercede on his behalf, citing, wait for it, election interference, which has become Trump's newest favorite lie. They can't stop 
because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. Now that, that is just rich. The undisputed heavyweight champion and king of election interference and the Michelangelo of corruption dishonestly claiming election interference, proving once again that irony is dead. And let me repeat something I said yesterday. Most, if not all, of Trump's accusations are confessions. That was the perfect picture example. I'm sorry, picture perfect example, dyslexia. And I'm going to do an entire bit on Trump's election interference lies maybe tomorrow. All I can say is, I hope the DA of Fulton County in Georgia, Fonnie Willis, hurries up and drops Trump's fourth indictment and soon. I can't wait for this rapidly unraveling dipstick Donald to ask God himself to reappear and intervene on his behalf. And by the way, you know how many Trump supporters it takes to change a light bulb? None. Trump says it's changed and his supporters all cheer and clap in the dark because that's what cult members do. And I'm sorry, not sorry, if you still support this human diaper stain, you have willingly sacrificed the right to call anyone a snowflake, along with liar, con man, grifter, snake oil salesman, narcissist, authoritarian, dictator wannabe, and traitor. And exactly how deep inside the bowels of your right-wing propaganda, hate, media bubble, and echo chamber do you have to be to give this pathological liar any credence whatsoever? And to actually believe that every agency and every person in government, including many members of your own party, literally countless thousands of people, are all out to get poor, oppressed Donald Trump, and that he is the only innocent party? There is no one in this nation's history that better personifies the phrase, lock him up and throw away the key, or who deserves the enactment of that phrase, than this insipid, malodorous Trump mutt. And no matter what you think of him, comedian Bill Maher has always been right about one thing. And as you will hear, he's not the only one. He's a whiny little bitch. If Trump was a man, he'd stop whining like a little bitch. Whiny little bitch. Whiny little bitch. <laughs> he's a whiny little bitch. He's going to drive us off a cliff. Run us right straight to And while we're at it, I want you to hear something else Trump said that just further proves what a serial pathological liar he truly is. What did I say wrong in those recordings? I didn't even see the recording. All I know is I did nothing wrong. We had a lot of papers, a lot of papers stacked up. Okay, you just heard him say he did nothing wrong. He had a lot of papers stacked up. He also said he hadn't even heard the tape, which every even half-wit knows is a lie. But listen to what he said right after that. All I know is I did nothing wrong. We had a lot of papers, a lot of papers stacked up. In fact, you could hear the rustle of the paper. And nobody said I did anything wrong other than the fake news, which, of course, is Fox, too. So... Right after he says he didn't hear the tape, he says, in fact, you can hear the rustle of the papers proving that he did hear the tape, which, of course, we real-world dwellers knew all along. This orange traffic cone of treason is incapable of ever telling the truth, which is why his lawyers won't ever let him testify under oath. A liar, a cheat, a bigot, and a traitor walk into the bar. The bartender says, what can I get you, Mr. Trump? And as far as Trump's comment that no one said he did anything wrong, that's another lie. Firstly, the people present, including Trump, 
were hardly the most qualified to make that determination. Second, even so, one person who was present, while she didn't say Trump was doing anything wrong, she did say words to that effect. After Trump said the document he was showing them was classified and that he could have declassified it when he was president, but now he can't, this female voice could be heard saying, quote, now we have a problem. Now, there's a bit of overspeak, but if you listen close, you know, both ears, you can hear her say it even though she's laughing when she says it, which shows you two things. Number one, how seriously she takes classified documents, and therefore, number two, why she wasn't authorized to see it. Listen close. I repeated a remark a couple times so as to make it easier to hear. Yeah. As president, I could have declassified. Yeah. Now I can't. You know, but this is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down here with props. I'm down here with props. I'm down here with props. Now we have a problem, and she's small potatoes. Trump's own attorney, Evan Corcoran, told Trump he had a problem and wasn't entitled to have and certainly keep these documents. Corcoran was the lawyer Trump first asked to lie to the DOJ and said he had no documents after he was subpoenaed. In fact, Trump's exact words were, quote, wouldn't it be better if we just told them we didn't have anything here? End quote. And that has been testified to under oath. And always remember, all the nonsense and garbage Trump tells you, like, I did nothing wrong. He's not saying it under oath. And after Trump then turned over some documents, which he told Corcoran were all of them, Trump then coerced Corcoran into lying to the DOJ, whereby Corcoran wrote on, Corcoran wrote the certification letter that declared no further documents remained at Marilardo when they did. That Trump lie led to the properly obtained and executed search warrant and subsequent retrieval of yet more documents from Marilardo. Not surprisingly, Corcoran recused himself from further representing Trump in this case and has since testified before the special counsel's grand jury. Boom! 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you'd like to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE. Save. And by the way, when Trump says the only ones who said he did anything wrong was the fake news, the fake news, which includes Fox, he was being interviewed by a Fox reporter. And that's something that's always graded on me. We'll get to it if time permits. Again, the number 221-7283, area code 702. Let's start with Gary. Gary, thanks for calling. You're first up. Hey, you know what? What? The more things, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You really should be on two hours a day, but that's another story. Um, uh, you haven't changed a bit. I've changed a little bit. I'm off the Trump train, and I'm trying to help Mike Pence whoa, out. Whoa, hold on. Say that again. You said you're off the Trump train? Oh, yeah. Wow. What, I've what, been on. Now, now, tell me what led to that change. See, nothing changes. This is what you used to do to me. And then you would eat my lunch. Then you would say, oh, my God, <laughs> and hang up on me. Uh, wait, let me get this in. There's only a few minutes left. So I sent the email hey, Gary, to the, Gary, uh, let, Gary, let me tell yes. you, because I left you hanging yesterday, you've got all the time you need today. All right. Uh, I have to call back tomorrow and let you know what happened to Brady. Uh, that's another story. Hey, um, so I sent an email uh, when Shaquille O'Connor, she, she passed away. It gave me an idea. You know, she tore up the, a picture of the Pope on the Saturday Night Live, and uh, it went viral. I mean, everyone in the world heard of her. So I suggested that when Mike Pence steps onto the debating platform and they ask him, it's one of the first questions, what makes you, why do you think you would, you're the best candidate to be, you know, president? He'll, he'll say, he'll tear up a picture of Donald Trump, and then he will sing the uh, Star Spangled Banner. Um, and they never um, discouraged. I mean, I thought that's a good idea. And they didn't get back to me about that, you know. And then I sent another one. Um, he stands for God, family, and country and, and believes in the Second Amendment and will defend it. Because we shoot them down here because we can't shoot them up there. 
Uh, <laughs> you're not you're not laughing. This marijuana. Yeah, yeah I, I just did. I just is. laughed. Sorry, you didn't hear it. Hey, you're on a roll, man. You know what? Even though you have more Trump derailment syndrome than any other person in the whole world, even though I'm off the Trump train, I listen to your show because you're funny and you're interesting. So I'll let someone else have a chance tomorrow or the next day. I'll, I'll let you know how Brady, he went to Russia to fight the Nazis in Ukraine, <laughs> but he got arrested because he brought marijuana with him and stuff, and now he's sitting in a cell over now, there. Now, now really, are you being like, my, Gary, I got to ask you, regarding Brady and Ukraine and all this, are, are you being like my chiropractor and just pulling my leg? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, okay. Um, because in all honesty, I could see that being true. You're right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, some of you guys are so unhinged, it's hard to discern reality from fiction. I know. There you go. You're on a roll, man. I don't even want to interrupt. You're doing so good. All right. I'll talk to you next time. Hey, I appreciate it, Gary. And again, I apologize for yesterday. I thank you for calling today. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. And you know, one thing that Gary said, he said, nobody has Trump derangement syndrome more than I do. And that's true. That's the one thing Brian Shapiro and I disagree on. I've heard Brian on the show say many times, there's no one in this country that hates Trump more than he does. I would dispute that. I think I am the Trump hater of the United States. But anyway, as far as TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, that's become a lazy retort. There is nothing deranged about wanting to hold a lifelong con man, criminal, grifter, serial liar, sociopathic narcissist, authoritarian dictator wannabe, and now a traitor accountable. I mean, if you want to use that phrase TDS in its proper context, apply it to people like me who have what they should, what every patriot should, traitor derangement syndrome. We should all have it. 702-221-7283 is our caller number. Who's next, Justin? Joey? Tony. Tony, you're next. Thanks for calling. Well, Mr. Basham. Well, Mr. Tony. Uh, did, well, uh, let's see. Pushing 70 years old. Been here since the late 50s. Uh, so if I've seen hundreds come and go on the radio and in the media, I've got to say you're the guy I love. To hate the most. <laughs> well, thank you, I, I think. I never thought I'd say this. I won't give the guy who follows you the time of day. I've got a real job. <laughs> but uh, it was good to see that you're back on. Of course, I don't agree with you a lot. Of, uh, lifelong, uh, grew up in a Democratic family. Uh, pushing 70, my parents were, were uh, the greatest generation, so to speak. Uh, my dad was in South Pacific. My uncle was a B-24 pilot. Right. We grew up. It was all J, you know, uh, JFK and uh, freaking uh, Truman and uh, Roosevelt and all that. Right. I just, I found myself just getting away from that a little bit only because of, uh, well, I don't want to get too much into the weeds here. Well, no, I don't, I don't mind if you get into the weeds. I'm curious <laughs> to know what, if you grew up in a Democratic uh, household, what made you eventually oh, yeah. turn to the it, right? It was all the dark side. I heard all the stories. I heard all the stories from my mom and uh, and everything. She actually raised me, in, but about the hard times, you know, during the depression and all that. And uh, FDR was a savior. He was, just, you know, he was it. And which he was. All the way up, <laughs> I know, mean, they weren't um, lying to you when they said that. No, no, no. It was. Uh, so what? Anyway, what made you switch? Well, I just, I find myself, I'm a registered independent, and I got the card to prove it. I find myself with more conservative values now because I... Okay, I now let me ask you, what, home. what exactly do you I, mean by conservative values? Because any party that has Donald Trump, the figurehead of their party, can't even spell values, let alone define them yeah. or represent them. Well, yes, I knew you. I find myself going to other candidates... You know, not necessarily Trump. If it's between him and Biden, I think I'll, I don't like the lie. I'd probably pick Trump, but I think I like. Hold uh, it, hold it. You would pick. Hold it, Tony. You would pick a guy who thus far is looking at 78 fed, no, 78 
criminal charges with more to come who tried to steal an election he admitted to his own chief of staff he lost, incited an attack on our capital, and has been lying ever since. You would choose that guy over Joe Biden? Biden's no prince either. Huh? I mean, as far as uh, those guys aren't squeaky clean. Well, yeah, but there's a big difference. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between not being squeaky clean and being a full-fledged traitor to your country like Trump. It's like, well, yeah, Trump's a traitor, but the gas was cheaper. Who cares? High gas prices are a global problem. It's not a Biden problem. Same thing with inflation. Our inflation is coming down faster than any of our peer countries. The bottom line is, even if none of that was happening, Trump is still a traitor. Well, Doug, I'll never change your mind, obviously. Uh, but on there's how you nothing feel to change. Him. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm gi- I've got 78 criminal charges to back me up. I'm not giving an opinion. Yeah. Uh, the gas prices, when I was 15, 14 pumping gas here, Europe was always five times higher than us. So when they use that thing about global and gas and everything and prices, we've always been cheaper. Because we're the U.S. of A. Again, like and, I said, uh, Tony, even if our... Are we the same age, approximately? <laughs> I I'm, never I'm give out my years. age on the radio. I, I, ref- it, well, I refuse to a, a age. Gentleman does, <laughs> all right, a gentleman doesn't ask a lady's age. I know about most guys I know. That they don't <laughs> care. But I mean, uh, but so I'm saying we're, we're maybe in the same demographic age-wise. So a lot of stuff. There's way more I'd like to talk to you about. We don't have time this call. Well, I'll get back to we you. will have when time as, as this show progresses. We yeah. will have more time, Tony. No, Doug, I just want and, and to tell by, you. And by the way, Tony, it's it not like to you... hear you on the radio again. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> but, Tony, I just wanted to tell you, it's not like you have to rush off. Yesterday, I made the mistake yeah. of going to phone calls too late and didn't get everybody on. Today, I made the mistake of going to them too soon because after you, the lines are dead. So if you want to sit here and BS with me, we can continue to do that or I can get into another story. But if you want to chat, go ahead. Not well, you know, the thing is, you, you get a little, uh, I call it stage fright, phone fright. You always think of things you want to say after you hang up. You know? Yeah. Well, but, see, uh, I, see, I'm giving you a chance to say them was. now. But uh, I did want to tell you that Kenwood Stereo would like to send you a uh, a certificate of appreciation. Who? Um, Kenwood. Kenwood Stereo. Kenwood all Stereo. All my vehicles have all my vehicles have Kenwood Stereo oh, in them. Okay. And every now and then I get so pissed off at some of the things <laughs> you'd say. I put the heel of my boot through them, <laughs> and then I have to go buy another one. Now, give me an example of one thing I've said that has pissed you off to that degree. One thing I've said. Well, well the, the thing I've always learned is that usually one side will have an argument, and so will the other. And somewhere in bet- between, you'll find the truth. And with the media today, I swear, social media, which I'm not on, I was on it briefly for two months in 2011. That's another story. But uh, there's so much... Everyone calls their information from there, right? Yeah. Social media or, or the, the Internet? Oh, yeah. I mean, and I, social media yeah, I mean, and the I'm Internet sure have, we, have taken a predominant role over information and, sadly, disinformation, too. Yeah. And the problem really is, see, I've been doing this for many years, Tony. I know where I can go for reliable facts, and yeah, I know I where I can go your... for BS. The average person yeah, doesn't a... because they don't obsess. They don't have, as yeah. someone said, TDS like I do. They don't obsess on this and discern where they should go and should not go. Well, that's true. I, I find myself, I, I never let my, I told my girlfriend this, the same, same thing. Don't worry too much about what you can't change. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it's a good piece of information. Yeah, we get pissed off by a lot of things, including our government. But I, I never really paid too much attention the last, last 20 years. Yeah, I voted I, for Obama. I think that's great, that's, great information. I, I, I voted for Obama because I sit back and I go, you know, this is this is good for the country. Now, did you vote for Obama both did. times? No. No, I did not. And I'll tell you why. Because... He made a couple speeches regarding something that hit me personally, or Las Vegas personally. And he twice, not once, but twice, he says, you can't be going to 
vacations and stuff to, to Las Vegas. You remember that? Right. He, he did it twice. Well, yes, and but, but that, that, but so many conventions. But Tony, Tony, hold, hold on, hold on, Tony. That comment he made was basically to tell people don't fritter your, um, your relief money away. It wasn't a slam on Las Vegas. That was taken so out of context and made into this bigger issue. It's almost like, well, yeah, Trump's a, ta- a traitor, but Obama said don't spend your relief money in Vegas. Again, it is such a major false equivalence. Mm-hmm. Well, And again, not that Obama was running against Trump. I'm just saying, that's what the right-wing yeah, media but- does. They take yeah. they take the smallest little molehill and they blow it up on steroids into a mountain and it becomes this behemoth that in in reality means less than nothing and all everybody on yeah. the right gets like this Bud Light thing I mean a mountain out of a molehill it's it's just amazing and what amazes me even more is how everybody falls for it and fall and goes along with it. Well, here's the thing: when I heard that in real time. I'm not looking at something I looked at in the past year or anything. Real time when he said that, I go, why the hell would someone say something like that? And when you live here... It was actually here, good advice. Life, Don't fritter your money away gambling. In the, yeah, in the entertainment industry, in the, the service industry, who through canceled conventions after he said that and said it twice, they lost a lot of money. I, so maybe I wish you'd have picked another name, you know. Florida, maybe. Who knows? Well, the, I don't know. I, California. I, between you and me, Tony, I think that's an awful petty reason not to vote for someone, but that's just me. What I don't, no, under, no, no, what I don't understand is that in light of everything that Trump has done to this country and tried to do to it, that you would vote for him in 2024 over someone else. Anybody else. I would vote for roadkill over Trump in 2024. Well, it's it's not just Stone. It's going to be Trump, is it? No, of course not. Well, who knows who it could be? You know, I'm I'm with you on that. I you don't. Know? I think at the end of the day, he won't be allowed to run. I think, and, and I've got sound clips we'll get to. But I think at the end of the day, he will go to prison. I don't know, and I'm not saying that I hope I, I would never like to see any president in prison. Biden, anybody, I don't care. Remember, I, I remember the days of Nixon and all that. So even Nixon didn't go to... Yeah, but Nixon was a choir boy compared to Trump. (laughs) Anyway, let me revert back to the beginning of the call. And I'm glad to hear you back back on the radio. Tony, I don't know if you ever answered my question, what it was I said that made you put your foot through your Kenwood. Oh! (laughs) Ooh. I, I don't know. You're see, see? <laughs> when push comes to shove, when push comes to shove, you just love me, Tony. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's a, it's a, there's a great, there's a great Joan Jett song. I hate myself for loving Doug Bash. <laughs> hey, Tony, I appreciate anyway, you Doug, calling. They're playing our song and seeing us. We're too I far apart to dance. I'll have to let you run. Yeah. yeah. All righty, and hey. I appreciate the levity in your program. Hey, you take care, Tony. Call me again. You know, that's probably one of the nicest things I've been told. Now, what does that mean? You're giving me 40 seconds? See, I don't know these radio signals. <laughs> Justin's doing something. That's 40. Got it. <laughs> and now I've wasted so much time, it's 30. <laughs> Anyhow, that's probably one of the nicest compliments I've gotten, that I'm the guy he loves to hate the most. I mean, folks, does it get any better than that? And yet, we had a civil conversation. I must be having an off day. Anyhow, folks, I got to run. I'll tell you what, though. Let's do this all over. Yeah, we'll do this all over again tomorrow, folks. Hopefully with you. Until then, take care.